Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Busy Tuesday ahead as we welcome you into the Lombardi line presented by DraftKings alongside Mr. Michael Lombardi out there at his office in Jersey. I'm Stormy Bonantoni live from downtown Las Vegas Circa Resort and Casino. And Michael, remember yesterday when I said we got a good game on tap for Monday Night Football? Everyone laughed and laughed I did and laugh laughed. at you. I was thinking of that this morning. We ended yeah. up having a, a pretty intriguing matchup yesterday, Maybe the didn't best we? One of the best one of the year. It was outstanding. Unbelievable. You know, unbelievable. Once again, Jacksonville can't win at home. Is this the strangest thing? They've won every road game, including in, in London, but can't win at home. They're 3-3 three and three at home, and they couldn't slow down. They could not slow down that Jake Browning <laughs> offense. Come on now. You know, that was impressive. you got to give them credit. I mean, they executed really well. They made plays, and they, they found a way to win the game at the end. And, and you know, if you're Jacksonville, that loss is going to sting for a while because you had a chance to take control of the AFC. Yeah, they were bet up to a double-digit favorite in this game, Michael. So the Bengals end a three-game skid. They win outright as a double-digit dog on the road, led by a backup quarterback. And you said it, the Jags now, after having an opportunity to – earned at least for the short term, the top seed in the AFC now fall to four and are just a game ahead um, in, in the AFC South now at this point. So a huge opportunity missed last night and now um, dealing with Trevor Lawrence having a high ankle sprain. We just got the confirm the confirmation from Doug Peterson as he is currently in his Monday, his Tuesday press conference. He said that he has a high ankle sprain and Christian Kirk is going to miss some time um, with a, core muscle injury that requires surgery. And we know high ankle sprains are typically week to week injuries. Michael Trevor Lawrence has never missed a start in his NFL career. And I think he's going to miss one now. So yep. there goes another one. We got CJ Beathard down and we also might have Brett Rippon heading to New York to replace <laughs> Tim Boyle. That didn't last long. Did it? Brett Rippon has been in Denver, uh, was on the Rams and then he was on Seattle's practice squad, and now the Jets are signing him off their practice squad, which means when you sign a player off your practice squad, he's with you for three more weeks. Clearly, my man my man Zach Wilson had no interest in getting in there. Here comes Brett Rippon, 
I mean, this is amazing, the quarterback carousel that's been going on in the National Football League all over, you know, as you get to it. I mean, last week we lose two quarterbacks. We lost, you know, t- we lost Pickett, and now we lost Trevor Lawrence in the games. I mean, this is unbelievable. Michael, there, there are as many backup quarterbacks in the NFL as there are starters at this point, and, you know, the— uh, it, It's unbelievable. Yeah, I was just going to say four of the seven teams in the AFC current playoff spots are on backup quarterbacks. The Browns are on their fourth quarterback right now. So Jags, Steelers, Browns, and Colts all in that situation. Nine of 16 teams in the AFC are backup. So you got Beathard and Browning, who we saw last night, Trubisky, Flacco DTR slash PJ Walker, whoever you want to put in there for the Browns, Minshew, Aiden O'Connell, Zach Wilson, slash Tim Boyle, slash Trevor Simeon, slash now Brett Rippon, Will Levis, and Bailey Zappi. Like, that's absurd. It's unbelievable. And and frankly, you could add New England. They're playing two backups. I'm not even sure they're good backups between Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. I'm sure they're not even <laughs> two good backups. So you can count them as starters. You really can't because they can't deliver and start. So, you know, we're going to have a lot of games next week. We're going to start off Thursday. We'll call it backup, backup week 14 because we're going to start with two backups on Thursday night. And – Cleveland, Cleveland, Jacksonville is going to play two backups. I mean, this is going to be interesting. I mean, look, Indianapolis is facing Cle- in Cincinnati. There's two backups. So you can go through the list of the backup bowls we've got this week. It's pretty remarkable. I mean, it's really remarkable. How worried are, are you for Jacksonville in the AFC playoff picture now with that opportunity missed and two of their key players out for the foreseeable future? Well, I thought for sure they would play much better defense than they did. I mean, that, that was the worst game they played defensively all season, including including the 49er game. I mean, they just did not play well. They couldn't put any pressure on them. And, you know, I think what was going on in the game, that was an anomaly for Cincinnati to play like that in the offensive line, to be able to hold up and handle it. So I'm worried about Jacksonville's defense. I mean, typically they've been able to get the lead offensively, score the points that they need to score. Last night, they didn't even cre- they didn't have a turnover. They got a turnover on the ridiculous play call and pass by Tyler Boyd, and yet they still were able to – the Bengals were still able to win the game. I mean, when you give up 491 yards mm-hmm. at home to a backup quarterback, I mean, that, you, you've got some issues. You've got some issues. They were fortunate in Houston. Houston turned the ball over. I mean, Houston had chances in that game, couldn't close it out at the end. He takes a sack on a three-step drop, takes a sack on a screen pass. That hurt them. Tennessee, I mean, whenever they played a good offense, Tennessee, even the Saints had 400 yards. I mean, the Colts moved the ball up and down the field. The problem was Minshew was throwing the ball to them. So I am concerned about Jacksonville. I'm concerned about them defensively, and I'm concerned about them offensively because for all the conversation about how good they are offensively and how Trevor Lawrence has turned the corner with Doug Peterson, you don't see it when they play at home. You really don't. Which is, which is completely opposite of what we'll talk about a little bit later on in this hour with Miami, who plays significantly better at home versus on the road. And, and, you know, most teams, you would obviously expect that as well. But as for this Jags defense, you mentioned the 491 total yards given up. Bengals were 8 of 14 on third down, 3 for 3 in the red zone. We talked going into the game about how much the Bengals struggled to run the football last week against the Steelers. This week, 156 yards on the ground, averaging 5 yards per rush on the day with Joe Mixon and Chase Brown, what they were doing. And then Jake Browning 
despite in the first quarter, like having all of his throws basically at the line of scrimmage, ended up having an incredibly efficient day, even on passes downfield, seven of seven for 170 yards and a touchdown on passes of 10 plus air yards. Of course, that big touchdown to Jamar Chase for 76 yards certainly helped the cause. But how impressed were you by Jake Browning? Because we had some question marks certainly coming into this game and he answered a whole lot of them. He really did. He played like, you know, this was a highly recruited kid coming out of high school, won a lot of high school games, four years started at the University of Washington. He's got pedigree to him. I mean, this isn't a one-year player at the University of Washington, and, but I was really surprised. I mean, the fact that he got, he ran 12 plays on that drive in overtime, 12-play drive in overtime, got three first downs and put him in field goal range to win with a 48-yarder. When the game was on the line, he made some clutch, accurate throws. It was impressive. You could not deny it. Now, I think a lot of it was they played a lot of zone. He had some really easy throws. He got himself into a rhythm. And then once they started playing man coverage, he made great throws. I mean, the throw against on Chase on the deep ball, that was a great throw. Didn't throw it out of bounds like a lot of quarterbacks do nowadays. I thought he was really impressive. His poise was great. They were able to run the ball. They had the mixture. Their offense changed dramatically from what Burrow typically wants to do to what they did. Way more bootlegs, a little under center, a lot of a lot of play action stuff off of the shotgun. I thought they did a great job. You have to give Zach Taylor credit for changing what he did, not necessarily in the play calling. They still threw it 44 times, but a lot of those throws were really outside runs. So the Bengals did a great job. Now, the Bengals defensively, they still have issues. They're still not good enough defensively, although last night they made enough plays especially the red zone. When they got down there, when before Lawrence got hurt, they're driving the ball down there. They got a chance in the red zone. They couldn't put it in. First undrafted player in the common era for to throw for more than 350 yards and complete 85% of his passes, which I'm not sure why they let Tyler Boyd throw the football when you've got a guy that's doing that <laughs> on the day. But tell me how the worst, the worst play of the game comes from the non-backup quarterback. Like that was, yeah. how bad was that, Michael? Come on. Uh, well, you know, and it was like it was a first and ten call. They're trying to throw the re- the screen to the other side, which you know, I mean, it was a trick play. Like you they didn't tried, have to trick they them. tried two trick plays. They were both either negative yards or a pick that sets up a scoring you didn't play have for the to other trick team. Them. Oh. You were doing a good job just calling the plays <laughs> you had. They couldn't they couldn't stop you. You know, that's okay. what happens to a lot of guys that are play callers. They they defend themselves. You know, there's nothing wrong with repeating a play. If it's good, keep playing it. Make them stop it. Oh. Look, they scored 34 points on this Jacksonville team at home. I mean, that's got to be really disheartening. Now Jacksonville's lost to a high ankle sprain, their starting quarterback. C.J. Beathard, I thought he came in and did a decent job, ran around a little bit, got away with a fumble. They were able to recover it. But for the most part, I mean, I don't know. You know, they don't have a run game. I mean, one thing about Jacksonville, they try to run it. They're eighth in the league in, in attempts in terms of rushing. He does try to run the ball. The problem is they can't run it. They're 30th in yards per attempt. They're 22nd in yards per on average. So even though they try to run it, they can't. And then they get into the situation where they're just not able to make enough plays down the field in the passing game. I think that's the big issue. Defensively, I mean, look, the one thing we know about their defense is you can throw the football on them. They're 30th in pass attempts against them. They're 30th in yards allowed against them, and they're 26th in touchdown passes against them. This defense has not played good enough all year. Yeah, with both of those defenses struggling, we get uh, another primetime over. All three of the primetime games go over this week, the first time since week 12 of last year that that has happened in the same week. And, Michael, also with Jacksonville losing 
and the Steelers losing this week, the top two picks in Survivor go down. We are down to 30 contestants 30. here and at Paulie's Circa. Got, we got two people on our staff yep. that have one. Awesome. Paulie and Adam. I mean, wow, that's amazing. Uh, you know, look, you go down losing to Pittsburgh at home and Jacksonville at home against teams that were not very good. I mean, you lose, Pittsburgh loses when you watch the game. I mean, Kyler Murray threw for 140 yards and you lost that game. I mean, that's just so hard. That's what makes this, it's really luck. I mean, because Pittsburgh's the right play there. It was the wrong result. Uh, implied value of each entrance ticket, $308,900. Um, every week it feels like the top selection has been eliminated. There were 372 still alive as recent as Thanksgiving, and now we're down to 30. So that's been an awesome ride. You said it. Our guys, Paulie Howard and, and Adam Burke, both still alive at this point. Um We'll see what they can do. I hope they do something special. We got to take our first time out of the show. We're just getting started, though. Keep hanging out with us. A long two hours ahead of great content. Does anybody want to start for the New York Jets? That's what I want to know. Let's break down the mess in MetLife when we return here on the Lombardi Line. Stay with us. This is Beast in the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
College Bowl season is here, and VEASAN's got an early Christmas present for you. Not a VEASAN Pro subscriber yet? No problem. We're giving away this year's College Bowl betting guide to everyone. We've got spreads, totals, and expert picks from the Golics, Steve Mackinnon, and Brent Musburger on every single bowl game. Put a bow on this bowl season and get a free copy of our VEASAN College Football Bowl Betting Guide absolutely free. VEASAN.com slash bowl guide is where you can do it. Download your free copy today. Welcome back to the Lombardi line. Super worthwhile, by the way, because they're going to be keeping tabs on all of the opt-outs and guys that are doing transfer portal stuff. It's going to be really, really important to have that information, Michael. Clearly. I mean, like they're, I mean, did you see Ohio state's list of people that are bailing off the ship? Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. I don't know where they're, I mean, I don't look, I don't know where they're, uh, I'm sure they have players behind them that are good, but this is going to be a massive, to me, as they get ready to play Missouri, it's going to be a massive uh, kind of how they're going to want to play and how interested they are in playing. I mean, look, the line to open up at, at Ohio State, minus three and a half, and now Missouri's the favorite in, mo- in most shops. Minus six and a half, is, Michael, was where it opened originally, so even higher. Um, wow. Well, no, there you're right on top of it. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is why you need the guide so badly because the, throw your handicaps from the season out the window. This is really an emotional handicap. Are they interested in playing? Do they want to play? And will the players even play? And these guys that like, look, we saw Caleb Johnson. He said, hey, I'm not playing. I'm out. I don't, but I'm not deciding on whether I'm coming back next year, but I'm out of this game. Yeah, like, K- Caleb Williams already makes, it, already makes it official that he's not playing in the bowl game, but he's a game-time decision on the draft. Yeah. Okay, buddy. Um, But we'll we'll get into that game and plenty more college football a little bit later on in the show. VEASAN Zone, Aaron Moore is going to join us like he always does on Tuesdays. Dive into the college football bowl slate a little bit. Get some of his opinion, especially on those big top-tier games. But you said it about this Ohio State-Missouri game specifically for Mizzou. Like, this is the biggest bowl game they've had maybe ever and are going to be extremely motivated. Brady Cook's not opting out. You know that much. So uh, that'll be a fun game to keep tabs on for sure. We got to keep tabs on the quarterback position in general in the NFL, but we mentioned it off the top, especially with what's going on with the New York Jets. After Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon somehow made the Jets offense look worse last week, Michael, Tim Boyle has been released. Brett Rippon has been signed. And there were all of those reports yesterday from Zach Rosenblatt and Diana Rossini that the team wanted to bring Zach Wilson back as QB one. He felt hesitant about stepping back into the, to the role, whether it be for injury concerns or what have you head coach, Robert Sala spoke to media yesterday and addressed some of those reports. If he was reluctant to play guys, he wouldn't be here. All right. Uh, I actually coincidentally just got done speaking with him. Uh, he came in about a half hour ago and we had a really good conversation the young man wants the ball. He wants to start. He believes he's the best uh, quarterback in the room and best quarterback for this team and the best w- and the guy who gives us the best chance to win. Um, and I'll tell you guys the same thing I told him. I appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that he wants to play. I'm just not there yet. He also later on in the day went on the Michael K show in his usual weekly spot and said it's conceivable that Wilson made a comment to a teammate about being reluctant to return to the lineup, which got leaked. Sala said that he wouldn't hold that against a player, um, but he'll make judgments based on direct conversations. I mean, this is this is hilarious. <laughs> this is an absence of leadership completely. Right. I mean, he denies the story, then acknowledges it might be true and says that Zach wants to be the starter and thinks it gives him the best chance, but he's not sure of that. 
but two weeks earlier, Zach was really improving. Like, how do you believe anything? I mean, how do you believe it's anything? It's such a mess in New York. I mean, like, look, look. And then not only does he, he puts Tim Boyle in the game, but after one bad game, he cuts Boyle. Like, what's that? Like, I thought Boyle was your guy. And all of a sudden, you're just going to give up on him after a game? I mean, that's, you know, like Boyle, what did he do? Did he set the house on fire? Did he take the Super Bowl trophies and run around the parking lot like George Costanza? I mean, like, what are we doing here? What kind of professional? We're a billion-dollar organization. But let's bring everybody back because once we get Aaron back, everything's going to be fine. Speaking you of can what? see that. It's as obvious yeah. as the nose on my face. Just bring Aaron back and everything in Jet World will be fine. It's and- no problem. Bring one guy back. It'll make it all better. Everything will be fixed. He it's, it's, of course, Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays today, so I'm sure that he'll have to address all of these rumors on the McAfee show. We'll get any quotes and updates that we can as our program goes on. The Jets, meanwhile, Michael, as I look at their spread against the Houston Texans coming up this week, the Jets are taking money right now. They've gone down from six and a half to six in the last couple of seconds while we've been talking about this game. Total 33. The Jets, in their five-game losing streak, Michael, have only mustered a total of 45 points during that stretch. Yeah, I mean, and it's been it's been ugly. But here's what, what I think we have to be prepared for, Stormy, and we got to get a lead on. Not that we're all weather people here, but there is a indication of bad weather coming on the East Coast this weekend, and it's going to be some high winds and rain once again. It seems like every weekend we're getting rain here, and so you've going to have to be careful here, especially with these big numbers. I'm not sure we'll know exactly what it'll be. But they are predicting, you know, as the game moves later into the day, that right now looking at 15-mile-an-hour winds in New York City with, with precipitation. So that, that is a cause for concern. Detroit, Chicago, apparently there's going to be gusts up to 20 miles an hour. So I think as you're looking at these games today, you got to be really careful. The under is going to continue to work down, not because of the quarterbacking play, which is understandable it would, but because of the weather. Yeah, definitely got to keep an eye on those, um, especially when it comes to the wind. I feel like we talk about that a lot here, but the impact that that has specifically on the game. Um, To to wrap things up here, though, with New York, Michael, we talked a little bit yesterday, and you've said it numerous times on the pod or here on the Lombardi line, just that Zach Wilson, it it feels like he doesn't really love football. He doesn't really feel like he's that type of guy. He doesn't have that kind of interest. But... If you're, you have to imagine you want to play in the NFL, right? Like if you have the opportunity, it seems so bizarre to be hesitant, to want to come back into a game, to try to maybe like in, in New York, it's not working for you, but maybe somewhere else you could be a backup. We know these top tier picks get extra longevity when it comes to that role across the national football league. They're given the benefit of the doubt for where they're picked. Like he could find somewhere else to turn things around for himself a little bit. I don't know if he... Obviously, it feels like his career is over in New York, but if you want a job somewhere else at some point, you should probably get out there on the football field and show that you don't have the attitude and reputation that people think you do. Yeah, well, I think so. And I think these little tidbits that have been leaked and Salah said that it may be true. But to me, to me, I I think it's really clear that he doesn't just love the sport. I mean, it's just not innately in him and I don't think he's ever had it it's never come it's always come so easy for him that he's never really had to fight through and be into this situation with the New York media with the constant badgering and frankly whether it's been the coach coaching him so I think it's really hard 
to to handle it. And I think he's having a hard time with it. And the and the National Football League requires incredible competitive stamina. It's such a long season. It's such a marathon that you've got to be willing to do the same thing over and over and over again when you don't have success. You can't look differently when you win than when you lose. And I think that's a hard thing for him. All right, Michael, we talk a lot about these low totals. The lowest one in the NFL in 30 years uh, is on Thursday Night Football coming up this week as the Steelers and Patriots go head-to-head. Yep, it is set at 30. And Kenny Pickett, had ankle surgery yesterday. Mitch Trubisky will step in. Not so zappy hour in New England. Uh, has not been great there. Five-point spread with Pittsburgh favored. Is every Patriots player banged up, though? Look, Ramondre yeah. Stevenson, high ankle sprain, expected to miss a few weeks, according to Adam Schefter. Demario Douglas didn't practice yesterday. Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, Zeke, all limited on their estimated injury report. It's not looking good for New England. Not at all. And you know what's funny, Stormy? This morning, I went back and watched... Week two of last year, they played on in Pittsburgh. Mitchell Trubisky was the starter that day. He was the starter, remember, to start the season for the Steelers. And the game was a 17-7 game. Pittsburgh, 17-6 game. Uh, Pittsburgh scored late in the game and went for two and got it and made it 17-14, and, and New England was able to. But New England's team, pretty much the same team, pretty much the same team. They, Kendrick Bourne was there. They had... They had uh, Nelson Aguilar playing receiver, but boy, do they look different. Mac Jones looked different. The offensive line looked different. This team today looks nothing like that team, and that team scored 17 points. Their defense looks different as well. That defense held, held Pittsburgh to really a, a poor day on the ground and a poor day up in the air with Trubisky. He threw a pick, and they were able to convert a, a drop by Gunnar uh, Olerson Olorowski or something, I forget how to say his last name, and that turned into seven points for him. But that was an interesting game because both offenses struggled, but New England looked vastly different than they do right now. Yeah, this is going to be an ugly game. You feel for Al Michaels. You really, really do at this point. We're going to... No tie. It's going to be too windy and cold yeah. for a tie. Thing. So even the one thing you have to look forward to on Thursday night, we're probably not going to get. We're going to step aside no, here real quickly, looking at the AFC and NFC playoff pictures when we return on the Lombardi line. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge this college bowl season, the VSEN experts have you covered. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber with our introductory offer of only nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. VSEN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by all of our show hosts and guests. Tools like betting splits, Lacey, where the money and bets are moving for each and every game, and our College Bowl betting guide, where you get picks for every bowl game. Don't miss out. This is a limited time offer. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe today. To sign up for just $9.99, become a part of vcin, the sports betting network. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. And I know we're going to get into a number of NFL betting markets here in a moment, Michael, but for inquiring minds, while well, we got college football on the brain, the finalists for the Heisman were released yesterday. Jaden oh Daniels, Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., and Marvin Harrison Jr. sneaking his way in there as well. Well, I mean, how would you rank them in the order that they should be valued? What would you I think? I just, I think I just did. That, that would Me be too. my order, yeah. That was my order too, right? <laughs> I think that's the order. You know, it's funny. Did you see... On uh, there's some conspiracy theories going around that you know when they did a when they did a shot of Herb Street he had the four helmets behind him in the exact order that it came out on the on the thing so as much as they claim they didn't know who was going to be there they obviously did. Listen, I think that we're taking things a little bit too far with the conspiracy theorists, the Twitter people getting all mad at Herbie. Maybe he just put the helmets up in the order that he would have picked them. Nobody Maybe thought, nobody right, said Stormy. that. Nobody thought about you're that. Right. They just noticed that Florida State had moved. That's right. You, maybe you're right. I agree with you. I'm, I'm with you I got to give the I mean, benefit of the doubt, right? <laughs> right. And, and I mean, it really wasn't, it wasn't that challenging to predict. To me, as I've said since the thing is, are we sure Texas is the right team and Georgia should be in there? I know Texas beat Alabama. God knows we're going to hear that for another six months. I mean, God forbid, you know, week two all of a sudden became the most important week in college. Remember next year when we're doing the show in week two, we should announce it's the most important week in the college football right here this week. Of course. Our okay. teams don't get better. Yep, I'm going to I'm going to make sure I'll put a note. I'll put a note in to get us prepared yeah. for next season. Um, but like and I think this will be a good conversation when we have Aaron Moore join us in about 15 minutes or so. Um, he's so dialed into all things college football. Obviously, this year was very, very controversial on what those final four were going to be. Are we going to have that same type of controversy when we get to the 12 team playoff? 
because somebody's always going to be mad that yeah. they're left out or where their position is. But will it lessen a little bit with the 12 team format? We can get into that a little bit more with him. But while we're on, you know, MVP caliber type players, those and we imagine Jane Daniels is going to win it all. He was a massive favorite before that line eventually came off of the board. But in the MVP market for the National Football League, Mr. Irrelevant, irrelevant no more. <laughs> now MVP favorite Brock Purdy sitting there at that? three to one. How about that? Uh-huh. How about the way that line moved? 11 to 1 on Sunday when we're Saturday we were talking. Literally even last week you and I were talking about it. Down to 3 to 1. I mean, that's pretty impressive, right? Yep. And I mean, a, I mean, let a me statement see. win over Two is still plus 850 though. Two is still plus 850. I mean, you can't get him out of the top 5 no matter how you try. His odds are still and, and after I just talked about when you look at the numbers when you look at when Tua can't get the ball to Tyreek Hill in the four games that he's been under 100 yards, they can't, you know, they've lost three of them. Think about that. Wild stat. Tyreek Hill, meanwhile, 16 to 1. Um, it can't get no respect, the poor guy. <laughs> he is the odds on favorite, though, to win Offensive Player of the Year, and rightfully he so. Um, it's just, it's such a quarterback award. There hasn't been a non-quarterback that's no, won league MVP in a decade. It's, it's unfortunate that's the way it is, but I wonder, like, do you think at 16 to one that there could be potential value on that number? If he does hit over 2000 yards, something that has yeah. never been done in NFL history. Well, I mean, if he hits over that 200, uh, 2000 yards and they, and they, you know, they have four of the next five at home and he starts, you know, he starts Stack setting them. records yeah. like he has. I mean, you know, I think that's clearly a possibility. He just can't afford to have a game like he had against New England or Buffalo or, you know, Philadelphia. I mean, those are the games that kind of hurt him because the other teams take him away. The smart teams take him away. They don't try to play him one-on-one like they did in Washington last week. I'll tell you the guy, though, it's a big week for him. If Dak beats Philly and plays well. Now, I know it's a home game. Everybody says, well, Dallas plays well at home. If Dak beats Philly, you know, then and all of a sudden they beat Miami. I know they've got a tough road ahead, uh, Dallas does. I know they do, right? But if they're able to win those games and he comes back and and they end up uprooting Philadelphia for the number one seed, which I think is not probable, but it's due. They got... They got Philly, Buffalo, Miami. The next three games and Detroit. The four four play up potential playoff teams. He plays good in those four games. He he might win it. He might just beat out Purdy. So there are a lot of people that and granted, like the odds are very close, right? Purdy is three to one. Jalen and Dak are both sitting there at plus three fifty. The margin is very, very slim. But there are a lot of people that were upset that Dak isn't the favorite right now because of what he's been doing. I still think Brock is the deserved favorite at this point, leading the league in completion percentage, the best rating in all of the NFL right now. He's had a couple perfect passer rating games, which is remarkable for a guy that the story that he has, which I think a lot of this is pretty narrative driven too, but Dak having the best year of his career, really, it seems like, and if he can win some of these important games and have the Cowboys win because of him, I think that's important because we've seen a lot of times historically for the Dallas Cowboys where you're winning in spite of Dak in a lot of instances, particularly late in games. Yeah. I mean, it's two things I thought of today when I was writing that column you know, how much crap did poor Matt Patricia take about how bad the, the Patriots offense was last year? And yet it was 10 times better than it is this year. Yeah. And then how much crap did Mike McCarthy take for taking over the play calling by the Twitter experts 
and how much better Dak is playing this year than last year. You know, when we all want this change to occur, when everybody has the right answers. I mean, I can remember listening to people talk about how it was the dumbest thing Mike McCarthy could ever do is to take over the play calling. I mean, there were videos up on Twitter by these so-called experts. I was the only one screaming that it was a good move. I was the only one saying at least they'll play complimentary football. They won't be working in their basement. And it's true. It, they just don't call plays. It's like the enemy. Last week, you know, all the enemy wants to do is call passes. So when he goes against a good defense coordinator like Vic Fangio, he throws for 104 yards because he knows what he's going to do. He kind of takes away. And I think McCarthy's done a really good job, and it shows up with Dak. It really does. And I think that that's one of the things that I think when you look at, like last year, I mean, they made fun of how much fun did we all make of the Patriot offense? Oh, yeah. Well, I could tell you, you, you watch week two against Pittsburgh and you watch the Patriots against the Chargers, completely different. The, last year's offense looked like they were farly, they were f- by far the better coach team. Extremely sad statement um, that they were the better coach team compared to what they are now on offense. I still don't think it was a good decision to have Matt no, Patricia be your. I, I don't either. You know, I, I don't either. But I don't either. But I think to me is sometimes we think change is going to make right. something better, and it doesn't necessarily. It has to be the right change. With uh, with Dak averaging around 270 yards per game, 26 touchdowns, just six interceptions, completion percentage over 70%. With Jalen Hurts, how, how many of his – so he's 31 total touchdowns this year. How many of those are tush pushes, though? Like, can we really count those into the total touchdown? Like, or I don't know. What's your view of them and how that impacts him and his touchdown total? You know, I think what – to me, I, I think sneaks – like one-yard touchdown passes, do they really count, Right. You know, it's like rebounds off of missed three throws. Do they really count? Should they count? Or or should they be like a half a rebound? Because nobody's (laughs) contesting you for it, right? If you were being contested for the rebound, then you count it. But nobody is. You know, I could get the rebound if a missed free throw because everybody's retreating back. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. I think it's got to be. But he does, you know, the one thing he does with this tush push is he makes it go now. I mean, nobody else runs it like he runs it. No one does. But I don't see him as the MVP in the league. I, I really don't. I mean, the 10 interceptions, you know, Mac Jones has got 12. I mean, he's up there in the same case. He's in the top four of interceptions. And they have not been the same team offensively. Let's be clear. They're not as explosive as they were last year. I think he had a much better year last year than he's having this year. Yeah, and you can tell he's been hampered, at least a little bit impacted by that injury. Um, of course, left the game this past week with the what appeared to be a concussion ended up not being and still up for debate of whether or not he should have come back into the game. Regardless, we only have 60 seconds left, Michael, but because you mentioned the enemy, uh, what'd you make of the report from Josina Anderson earlier that uh, he could be getting looked at from the bears? Oh, I mean, the has been looked at by what? 12 teams. I mean, if you're watching the tape on, on Washington, the enemy is they throw the ball really well. There's no question. They do nothing to help the team win. They don't play complimentary football at all. They just don't, and, you know, they don't ever slow the game down. They just throw it, and if you want stats, go ahead, but if that you want to win games, I would be concerned about it. The enemy does like to throw it. Sam Howell can confirm, um, but according to Josina Anderson's report, Matt Eberflus is, quote, under evaluation with the Bears over the season's final month. I did not know that was news. Thought that I mean, was we, something aren't we, we all, all under evaluation? <laughs> aren't you and I under evaluation? I mean, everybody's under evaluation every day. That's why we get up. Contract year, baby. 
hope we're under evaluation. You want the good stuff. We'll be right back on the Lombardi line. Switching to more college football with Aaron Moore in a moment. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 